Live Real Talk. Oh, yeah. I'm your host, CMT Strong, and I'm here with DO3. What's up, DO3? I'm tired. Me too. Still got to do legs, man. Nah. I mean, we don't have to. <laughs> Look at Charlie. What was his problem this morning? I don't know. He's just choking on something. Probably air. He's going, ah. I'm like, what are you choking on? There's nothing in there. Charlie, you're out of shape. Maybe you need to work on your cardiovascular. Yeah, but then we have to, you know, be the ones to go out there with him and a leash. You got to be committed, Charlie. Speaking of which, I read a post the other day, individual fitness industry, all ripped and buffed. You know the story. It starts with commitment. Okay. Awesome. It's not true, though. I mean, he's drawing from his experience. So he can say for him, he's committed because he's accomplished something. So he's drawing from a, a different bucket than somebody who is just starting out. They're not going to grasp what he's saying. Yeah. I said it before in another podcast, when somebody is beginning a fitness program or anything you want to do new, it starts with a choice. It starts with a decision. The dark side or the light side. Yeah, you go one way or the other, right? If you want to be in shape, you got to make what I call a naked choice. Please explain. What prevents us from making decisions? Clothes. <laughs> our environment maybe the way we were raised we have a particular type of viewpoint when it comes to goals accomplishing things fitness let's be honest the fitness industry doesn't actually present fitness and health the way it should how many times do you look at a post and say in order to not die you should be in shape. Okay. But there's even cases of younger people that are in excellent health that die of a heart attack. Mm -hmm. I have an experience of a client that I'm coaching currently who's a physician, a politician who comes from the East. And there were feelings that she was having that she didn't understand through conversation and discovering things, we found that she was feeling guilty, looking good or wanting to look good for accomplishing things in life, the results of ambition and success. And I didn't understand why she was feeling that way. Guilt feelings are usually a result of something that's going contrary to an inner system of control and direction. From my studies in psychology, I learned that you can only help someone as far as you yourself have gone. As a result of our conversation and what I know psychologically, I had to make it a point to study where she's geographically from, as far as her culture, 
some rituals and traditions that she grew up with. So you looked at her culture and all that noise to see what was actually going on, Mm -hmm. not just the surface. Mm -hmm. And I found something very fascinating. Oh, good. In some Eastern philosophies and religions, they have something what you call a dharma. It's life's responsibility, and within those responsibilities, your actions are supposed to be done with pure motives, and the emphasis and the focus is on the actions, and the results of those actions belong to something higher than themselves. So with those truths, we were able to bring this into conscience awareness and she's able to deal with her feelings in a better way than she did. That's good. As we go through experiences in life, sometimes we lose our way. We're not in harmony or congruency with our life experiences. It was Carl Rogers who said that If he can accept himself as he truly is, then change would be possible. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. And sometimes we we think we lose ourselves. We think that we have to find ourselves, but we're there the whole time. It's just like my client, we not we might not be aware of what's going on beneath the surface, so to speak. And when we're able to really evaluate ourselves or create ourselves, then we can act with harmony along our life experiences. There's another story. I was in the gym. I was walking my slow butt past the leg leg extension machine, and I got in the way of this lady sets. Oh, she was pretty upset. Yeah. Stupid. I knew she was upset. But then I looked at her and she apologized. That's good. As if be- me being in her way was my fault or her fault rather. But it wasn't her fault that I was in her way and I messed her sets up. How were you in her way if she's sitting down on a leg press? Because she was in the middle of it. And I interrupted it. We should have probably looked at it and went the other way. I I wasn't paying attention. We very rarely are. (laughs) She was angry. She didn't behave in harmony with how she felt. I wouldn't say angry. Irritated. If she expressed an irritated tone with me and said something like excuse me that would have been more in harmony with the true and real experience that was going on right yeah instead she apologized to me as if she did something wrong and i said no it's okay i'm the one that should be apologizing to you i got in the way of your set i'm sorry You should have seen her face lit up like, thank you for allowing me to experience the real experience. Yeah, it's always 
like I think I've gone through what you've gone through. I'm like, last time I checked, I was in your way. There's no reason for you to apologize. Mm-hmm. It's just it's that weird uh, being polite or being correct mm-hmm. in the slightest way. I mean, she probably thought it or felt a different way since you had a walker on you. Mm-hmm. So maybe she felt like she had to be politically correct. I doubt it. She just humans are imperfect. Mm-hmm. And she got upset because you got in her way and then you saw that she was upset. So she apologized for having human emotions. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's off. Well, society's off nowadays. So what does it matter? Mm-hmm. They are off. There is no congruency. I wonder what Carl Rogers would say at today's society. He was big on listening to people and being in harmony with your life experiences. And I just don't think people are doing that these days. And they're so missing out on the moments of life that can bring them real joy. Sometimes it's fun to step on people's toes. Starts with commitment. And a heel. So you finished your supervisory management courses at work, huh? Yeah, I did. How'd that go? It was okay. I mean, it gave me a little placard and everything, and I told him I was disappointed since there wasn't a doctor in front of it, but Mm -hmm. it is what it is. And then they bought you some hamburgers from In-N-Out or something like that? that that was pretty good. Yeah. Congratulations for finishing our course on how to lead. I thought it was just basic stuff, to be Mm -hmm. honest. It's not that complicated. Weren't you telling me yesterday of experience at work of how an individual approached you and was irritated that she couldn't find something? It's usually how it goes. Mm. For some reason it happens. I get it first, then I hand it off, and somewhere in the middle it gets lost. And then they come back at you wondering why it's lost? Even though I personally brought it up there. Mm. Interesting. Hmm strange world we live in we do i was reading something interesting this morning on the difference between compromise and priority always say prioritize your health this individual who i was reading is a behavioral motivational scientist dr fishbach great new book getting it done or get it done, new book. And when you purchase time to take care of yourself at the expense of something else, it's a compromise. It's not a priority. Mm. When you decide not to watch your favorite show on TV and you replace that with reading a book to develop yourself, That's called a compromise. It's not a priority. Priority is doing multiple things that are moving you in the direction of your goals. And that's priority. Hmm. Prioritizing your health would be going to the gym three, four times a week. Changing your nutrition to where it's optimized, where you're following a healthy diet, so to speak. It's making sure maybe you do something active during the week. On the weekend, maybe you go hiking with your friends or your partner. All those 
are contributing to your health in the context of priority, that would be in the context of priority and not compromise. It's interesting because I go through Instagram now knowing these truths. Individuals are saying you need to prioritize yourself by not going to the club instead of going and you need to go to the health club. And they're referring to that as a priority, which is not. It's a compromise. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. And they used all kinds of other supporting studies and evidence and all that. The thing about goals in this book is she does a good job of helping you to appreciate what superordinate goals are. Like, I want to be healthy. I want to go to bed. <laughs> or that would fall. Okay, so if you wanted to be more healthy, people say that. I want to do this. I want to do that. So you have your your optimal abstract, your superordinate goal. And under that, the means to accomplish your goal, which he argues that's the tough part because that's the, what we avoid, the work to get to the superordinate goal. And the means to get to that goal, you want to be more healthy, are specific, more specific than the superordinate, which he calls sub-goals. Changing your nutrition would be a sub-goal, a means to get to the health. More specifically, within that sub-goal range would be changing your environment, getting rid of all the junk food in your house. Terrible way to live. <laughs> what if I want a bag of Doritos at 2 a.m.? You got to either go get it or if it's in your house, there you go. So I won't compromise on that. <laughs> and then another way is getting more sleep would lead to a healthy lifestyle. I was wondering how you're going to bring that one around. So all those are sub goals means to reach a superordinate goal. And of course, we have a lot of optimal abstract goals. Maybe we want to do better at our job. That's a superordinate goal. If we want better relationships, then the sub goals under that would be try to talk to new people, reach out. God, I hate that. I do my utmost to avoid such situations. It's interesting how she talks about maximizing the goals. All these goals can be interconnected. She uses a, an expression which I think is funny. Feed two birds with one scone. And then she talks about that's the more politically correct way of saying or more animal friendly way of saying killing two birds with one stone. I guess she wanted to be tactful in her book. It's full of that. Or maybe uh, PETA. Is that the name of the organization? PETA? I'm not sure. I don't know anything the about animals PETA. The animals' rights. Huh. PETA had her in her 
mm-hmm. in their crosshairs. Yeah, maybe they would have protested against the book at her signings or something. Yeah, it's crazy stuff. What was I saying? Oh, like riding your bike to work would be accomplishing the superordinate goal of living a healthy lifestyle. It also contributes to an additional superordinate goal of saving money on gas. Nowadays, mm-hmm. I'm tempted to get a bike. Yeah. And she does a great job of explaining how goals interrelate and at what point goals or motivation diminishes along that that sub-goal area. It's interesting. I recommend that book. It's called Get It Done by Dr. Fishbach. Very good book. What book are you reading? The 48 Laws to Power. I'm reading it pretty slowly since I've been having a hard time getting out of bed lately. Uh-huh. Probably because I'm overworked. Mm. But I really like it because it gives you all these historical uh, um, history points, mm-hmm. giving you specific time periods, how they would use this role. Then it'd give you an example of someone who didn't use the role. Mm. And then it'd give you the benefits and then the non-benefits for it. So pros and cons for each law. Mm. And it's crazy because some people view the book as something for psychopaths to use mm-hmm. or sociopaths, whatever word you want to use. But I'm reading it. It just feels like adding an extra shield mm-hmm. to my arsenal because some people are super manipulative at work. And it's good to know what they're trying to do before they do it. Mm. I'd rather be one step ahead than at the hilt of a sword, right? Mm-hmm. Robert Green, the author, I've seen him talk to Jordan Peterson on Peterson's podcast. And he said he's had over 40-something jobs. And he was just angry at the politics and the ridiculousness of human behavior in the work environment. It's, I'm with them. It's very stupid. We have a job to do. Yeah. Got to stop holding hands. Mm-hmm. One of the things I heard him speak about, he was giving a lecture, if you can call it that, a talk or something. He was speaking, and he said, if you pay close enough attention, people will leave traces of themselves in interactions and in their environments. They'll hide behind their words. Things like that. If, If you're really struggling at your job, I really recommend getting that book. It'll give you some clear insight into the reality of human behavior in a competitive or perceived competitive environment, especially if you are ambitious and you want to be promoted or be successful in your current employment. I think this is absolutely a must read book. And if you're one of those weird historians like you, it has some pretty good <laughs> historical points of view, too. Mm. Doesn't it refer to, like, the ancient Chinese empire? Yeah. Mm. It goes into that, and it was pretty cool how he would use uh, – there, there was one about an emperor and one about a strategist, which, mm. which were pretty good. It's in the first few laws of power, so 
if you guys get the book, you'll almost see it immediately. Mm. And isn't that book banned in prison? Yeah. It's very crazy because I can see why it would be because it's kind of a double-edged sword. You can use it for good or evil, mm. which I just don't like dealing with people. So I'd like to know what they're trying to do before I have to figure it out myself. Right. Well, that goes with any human nature book, right? You can study the basic concepts of psychology and still use that against people. Yeah. Like the there's this one uh, guy – he uh, shows uh, police officers how to detect, uh, what do you call, a guy that knows how to nick stuff off of you. He shows them how to detect it. Mm. Like he would take watches and wallets off of police officers within like 10 seconds. They never even know. Mm. And then you just like put it right in front of their face. Be like, hey, you lost something. Mm. Imagine if that guy wasn't on the side of the officers. Mm. You just hmm. walk by, take someone's wallet. Wow. You never even know. Right. Okay, well, we're going to go do leg day. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, that's our show for today. Email us at the chronically real podcast at gmail.com if you want to conversate and join in on the fun. Follow us at CMT Strong on Instagram. Take care, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>